Father, we thank you for all you have for us today. Our lives are being transformed as our minds are being empowered and renewed by your word. Even in the name of Jesus, somebody say amen. Today, I want to share something with you. I believe you're going to be blessed. This is the last episode of the series, Building Strong Foundations. And today, I want to talk to you about becoming established in your chosen field. What, what are we talking about? Becoming established in your chosen field. Hallelujah. Now, outside of church, we all have our own personal lives and we are pursuing different things in life. Some of us is a career, a business, a vocation that you could even say that's part of your calling or your life assignment. Praise God. It could be the work of the ministry or the work of God. But God expects us to become established in every chosen field that we are involved in. And even for some of us, it might be studies or academia. You're studying, you're on a career path, learning to become something or someone, or you are involved in a business, in the ministry, or working for somebody. It is very important that we become established in what we do. It is very important that we become established in what we do, that we excel in what we do. As a Christian, mediocrity is not part of your calling. Let me just repeat that. Mediocrity is not part of your calling as a Christian. Anything that you set out to do, you must set out to excel in it. You must set out to be the very best in what you set out to do. So if you are a student, if you are in business, if you are in ministry, if you are working for somebody or for yourself, you must set out to excel. You must set out to be established in what you do. Hallelujah. And that starts from having a positive mindset about work. We must have a positive mindset about work. There are some people who think that work is a curse. Or they think that work is a distraction. Some even go to the extent of thinking that work is slavery. Are you with me? Now, truly speaking, there are some people who think that working is a curse. Some even think that oh, maybe it's because of the, what Adam did. That's why we are working. Oh, the curse of when God cursed man, that's why work was introduced. It's true. <laughs> but that's not true. Because God instituted work even before what Adam did. In fact, when we saw God in the beginning of beginnings in the book of Genesis, God introduced himself as a worker. True? God introduced himself as what? A worker. God introduced himself as a person who was working. And so we see that the first thing that God begins to do is to create. So the whole book or the beginning of the book of Genesis, we see God of creation who is exhibiting work. So the Bible makes us understand that 
God started by creating the heavens and the earth. And when he had created the heavens and the earth, and he created man and he put man into it, he put man to work. Or the first responsibility or charge that he gave man was the responsibility of work. In fact, he gave man the responsibility of work before food. Are you following? So he puts man in the garden. He puts everything in the garden and then he gives man the charge to keep and to work the garden. And then he now goes on to introduce man to food. And then he will now go on to introduce man to marriage. So if we were to follow the divine construct of God, then that is how life is supposed to be. Work, food, and then other things. Praise God. Now, I want you to understand that it is God's will for us to be doing something whilst we are here on earth. Amen. Come with me to Genesis chapter number 2 from verse 4 to verse 8. Genesis chapter 2 from verse 4 to verse 8. said, this is the history of the heavens and the earth when they were created. In the day that the Lord God made the earth and the heavens. Before any plant of the field was in the earth and before any herb of the field had grown. Watch this. For the Lord God had not caused it to rain on the ground. For there was no man to till the ground. Are you following? So God had created the heavens and the earth. But the Bible says that there was no rain on the earth. God had not caused rain to come on the earth because there was no man to till the ground. So because there was no man to start working or to initiate work, there was no rain. Could it be that the rain that we are looking for would only come when we put something to work? Are you following? That God had not caused it to rain on the earth because there was no man to till the ground. Now, look at the next verse. But a mist went up from the earth and watered the whole face of the ground. And the Lord God formed man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life. And man became a living being, verse 8. And the Lord God planted a garden eastward in Eden, and there he put the man whom he had. So he formed the man, and then he put the man where? In the garden. God formed the man, and then he put the man in the garden. Let's go to the verse 15 and 16 of that same Genesis 2. And the Lord God took the man and put him in the garden of Eden to tend and to keep it. So the reason why he put him in the garden was for him to do what? To tend it and to keep it. So he put that man there for man to work in the garden. Look at the next verse. And then the Lord God commanded the man saying, of every three of the garden you may freely eat. 
Do you see that? So he gives man the charge of work. And then from there, he gives him the charge to eat. God gives man the charge to work. And then he gives him the charge to eat. So a source of livelihood is likely to come from what we do with our hands. Hallelujah. What we do with our hands. So the people that think that working is a case, they are wrong in that thinking. Because God initiated work before Adam could do anything. Are you with me? Before Adam could do anything, God initiated the work. So work was not a result of the curse. Are you with me? Work was not a result of the curse. And when we think about the curse, God did not curse man. God did not curse man. He actually cursed the ground and not man. So every human being that God created was not cursed. At that point in time. Let's look at what happened in the curse that was this out to Adam, Eve, and the serpent. Starting from Genesis chapter 3, verse 17. Then to Adam he said, Because you have heeded the voice of your wife, and have eaten from the tree of which I commanded you, saying you shall not eat of it. Come on, let's read together. Curse is the ground for your sake. In toil you shall eat of it all the days of your life. So you see, he did not curse the man as cursing the man in his, his person. But rather he said, cursed is the ground for your sake. In toil, you shall eat of it all the days of your life. The earlier we understand this statement, the better. <laughs> that a ground is cursed. And in sweat and toil, you shall what? Eat all the days of your life. That's what he said. Let's look at what he said to the woman. He said, both thorns and thistles it shall bring forth for you. And you shall eat the herb of the... Who knows a thorn? You know a thorn? So something like cactus. Thorns and thistles. So it, it, it's like thorns and tictus, um, tittles, it will bring you what? Pain. Because these things, they don't bear fruits. So pain, a bit of hardship, a bit of struggle. Do you understand? And then he said, and you shall eat the herb of the field. Next one. In the sweat of your face, you shall eat bread till you return to the ground. For out of it you were taken. For dust you are, and to the dust you shall return. Hallelujah. So work, a man was not cursed, but now it, it's, as a result of that action, the process of work had become more tedious. The process of work has become tedious. So next time you go to work and it looks like you're tired, you're <laughs> sweaty, you know that it's a natural cause, hallelujah. And that is not a cause for you to give up. So you must embrace work as part of God's culture for mankind. 
you must embrace work as what? Part of God's culture for mankind. And so work could be anything that you do with your hands, with your mind, with your strength that produces a desired result. Some people's work is creation, creating something. Some people's work is providing a service. Some people's work is providing uh, or manufacturing a product, right? But whatever form that your work takes, you must endeavor to excel or to be established in it. Hallelujah. Now, how can we get to be established in our chosen field? How can we become established or ex excellent in our chosen field? Number one, are you ready? Pay attention to your work. Pay attention to your work. In other words, mind your own business. Sounds like an insult, but it's not. <laughs> you have to pay attention to your work. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 to 12. You must pay attention to your work. 1 Thessalonians chapter 4, verse 11 or 12. Says that you also aspire to lead a quiet life, to mind your own business, and to work with your own hands as we commanded you. The next one. That you may walk properly towards those who are outside. And that you may lack nothing. Did you see that? Say so that you may lack nothing. So he's instructing the church that you must mind your own business. You must pay attention to your affairs. Work with your own hands. That you may be able to walk properly towards those who are outside. And that you may lack what? Nothing. So the first thing is that you must pay attention to your work. So whatever you are doing, you must give attention to it. You must give attention to it and be ready to work it. Praise God. That you must pay attention to what you do and give your best to it. You must have the mind and the readiness to work. You know, there are some people, they go to work and it's like they are not in the mood to be there. You cannot excel if your attitude to work is lackadaisical. You cannot excel or be established in your chosen field if you are grumpy about the work you do. Praise God. You must pay attention to that work and be ready to work. You must have a mind to work. Having a mind to work that you are going to work and you are going with your whole being at Go with your full force and to give your best to what you are doing or what is supposed of you. There are some Christians, their attitude to work is something that even the devil will not like. Are you with me? The devil will not even like the attitude to work. They are too lazy for his liking. 
You know, even if they want to tempt him, he said, this guy is too lazy, I can't tempt him. <laughs> because he cannot even do what I want him to do well. Are you with me? So as a believer, what you have to do is that you must pay attention to your work, give yourself to your work, and give your best to it. Work is not slavery. Because there are some people who have a servant or, or a slave mentality that they think, oh, they are using me. No, you are working. Do you understand? It's the plan of God, it's the will of God for you to be doing something. And so if God um, favors your cause and you get something, you must give your all to it and do it. And you must do it to the best of your ability. Hallelujah. You must do it to the best of your ability. You must become a good steward of God's resources in your hands. Where you are, you must see yourself as an ambassador of God, as someone who has come as a representative of God. And so whatever you do there, there must be an attribute of God in you. And we see God. The Bible said that God created and for six days he was creating. And he only rested when the work was done. God only rested when the work was done. He didn't stop halfway. And then just go and do something. And then, oh, I don't, I don't, I don't feel, I'm not in the mood. I don't like this job. Are you with me? I don't like this thing I'm doing. It's not about liking what you're doing first. It's about doing it to the best of your ability. Because you are what? You are a Christian. And so it is required of you to do well in whatever you put your hands to. It is God's requirement of you as a believer to do well in whatever you put your hands to. But first, you must pay attention to what you are doing. Praise God. So when you go, even if it's hard as you can think of, you still do it. Because you must see that work that you are doing as a service to God and to mankind. Some people say, I don't, it's, it's my boss. My boss doesn't make me like this job. My boss doesn't make me like this job. I don't like my boss. And they'll be grumpy. And they'll be mourning. And, and they are complaining, murmuring. And there's nothing that they like about what they do. They still go there. The best way is when you don't like it, you resign. Stay home. Are you with me? And coming to stay home, don't just come and say, God, give me money. Because he has given us the divine order that man has to do something with your hands. So work with your own hands that you will not have lack or need of anything. Are you with me? So it is required of us to put in the work. Somebody said, well, what about favor? Favor and grace. Favor and no labor. Favor and no labor. They want to prosper without any work. Christians, they want to prosper at all costs. And they don't want to put in any work. But meanwhile, God has given us an order. You know, there's one thing that I found interesting in the Bible that I want to read to you. Paul said something. It's very interesting. Very interesting thing that Paul said in 1 Corinthians chapter 15, verse 9. He said, For I am the least of the apostles, who am not worthy to be called an apostle because I persecuted the church of God. Now watch this. He said, But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. Do you see what I'm saying? 
Let's all read together. Let's start. But by the grace of God, I am what I am. And his grace toward me was not in vain. But I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but the grace of God which was with me. Do you see what he's saying here? He said, I am what I am by the grace of God. So if it was by God's grace, then you just have to chill. But he said, but his grace toward me was not in vain. So there can be grace on your life and you can make it vain. But he said, what did he do? He said, but I labored more abundantly. I labored more abundantly. You know, it's, it's a bit of tautology to have more and abundantly at the same time. Right? But in the Greek, it's one word. And what it means is that I did more than enough. I did more than it was required. I said recently that in this year, you don't have to do the bare minimum. In anything, you don't have to be, be a mediocre and do just, just enough. Just enough of anything. He said, I labored more abundantly than they all. Yet not I, but by the grace of God which was with me. So God's grace was upon him, but the grace of God did not prevent him from putting in the work. He actually did an exceedingly good work, an excellent work. And he said, now I am what I am by the grace of God. Because I labored abundant, I put in the work, I did excellent work. We see the same thing in the life of Joseph. The Bible said that Joseph, whilst he was um, serving in Potiphar's house, the Bible said that the guy was prosperous. And that's one of the things that fascinates me in the Bible, that a man who is a slave or a servant to another man, the Bible says, he's prosperous. And then the Bible says that God was with him. God was with him. And he was a prosperous man. But when you see Joseph's life, you see that his prosperity as a person was because of the favor of God and the work that he was putting in. Do you understand? So for us to get established in our field, we must pay attention and have the readiness and the mind to work. Number two, diligence. That you become diligent in your work. That you become diligent in your work. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. Proverbs chapter 22 verse 29. One, two, let's read. Do you see a man who excels in his work? He will stand before kings. He will not stand before unknown men. You know, the King James says, see a man diligent in his work. So, he gives us a very predictable scenario here. That seeth thou a man diligent in his business, he shall stand before kings. He shall stand before kings. He shall not stand before lean men. So what he's trying to say is that when you are diligent in your work, you get exposed. Do you see that? And he said that he shall stand before kings. 
He shall stand before people in authority. He shall stand. He shall be outstanding person. So diligence produces outstanding results. Am I communicating to somebody? That for us to be able to excel or to be established in our chosen field, we ought to be diligent. And where does diligence start from? Listen. Diligence starts from having a good mindset about what you do. That's where diligence starts from. It starts from within. What do you think or how do you think about what you do? How you think about what you do. That is the place of diligence. That's where it starts from. If you think what you do is not important, you won't do any important thing with it. Am I communicating? If you think what you do is important, you wake up to it. You attend to it diligently. So it starts with what you do. How you think about what you do. The effect of what you do on the lives of others. When you think about what you do and then you see the lives that my work touches, then that is where you get aroused to responsibility. Do you understand? That when you think about your work and you see that my work affects this number of lives. So I cannot afford to fail. When I fail here, it has a ripple effect on all these people that depend on my work. Then you are, you'll be awakened to responsibility and become diligent in it. Because diligent people, they are people who attend to their work with care, with a sense of agency, with a sense of competence. They attack their work with skill and a sense of agency. They know that there are people that are depending on their work, so they will arise to that occasion and put in the work. When you become a person that thinks like that, you realize that every day your work works, you become outstanding. You always become outstanding. He says, see the man diligent in his work. He shall not stand before me, man. He shall stand before kings. So diligence is what will make you outstanding. Diligence is what brings promotion. Diligence is what brings the, the highest form of value. It brings the best compensation. He shall not stand before ordinary men. He said they will serve kings rather than working for ordinary people. Because they give best quality work. Hallelujah. So for us to be established, we must be diligent with our work. And I told you that how you think about your work is a starting point. And from there you put care to your work. From there you put um, efficiency into it. You make it effective. You become efficient at what you do. Without it, you can pray as much as you can. You will not see progress in your field. Are you with me? How you see your work matters. There was a time in my life, I was working as a cleaner in one of the shops, one of the big shops, Sainsbury, so you all know it. And I didn't like it at all. Because I felt like, ah, life could be better than this. Like, ah, I could have been doing something well. So, you know, I was not very keen. I'll go to the work anyway. And unfortunately for me, I was on a zero-hour contract. You know, you are doing morning cleaning, you have a zero-hour contract. You don't have contract. They just call you anytime that they need 
somebody to cover. And then I was not making a lot of money from that. But one day, a friend spoke to me. You know, she just called me and so said, I have something to share with you. Said, I just want to share a scripture with you. And she said, maybe it's Ecclesiastes chapter 10, verse 9, I think so. So whatsoever your hands shall find to do, do it with all your might and what? With all your strength. And it woke me up. So now when I go to this cleaning job, zero hour contract, the day they call me, when I go, come and see cleaning. Clean, prim and proper. Ha, size. Because two and a half hours, I'll do my best. Size, sign the place. And then life was still going on. Then they gave me to cover somebody. You know, anybody been to a Sainsbury shop? The big ones. You know, they always have a bakery at the back of it. They gave me the bakery job for one week. Hi. And this is the man that said, whatever your hands shall find to do. The Bible is talking to me. Then I went there. I will clean the place. Move the uh, baking machines around. Wipe the floor. Mop. Correct. Correct. Then... It happened that the managers of the store went to the supervisor. And then they said they have noticed that there are some days the bakery is clean and there are some days that it's not very clean. And then the guy was like, okay, can you just tell me the days where the bakery gets clean and the days they are not very clean? The manager said, okay. So they started giving him a report of those days. Guess what? The days that the bakery was clean were the days that I was there cleaning. See <laughs> the man diligent in his work. So it happened that a guy who had a making contracts was leaving. Me, I didn't have any contracts. So they gave me the bakery job. So now I have a bakery job two and a half hours every day for seven days. <laughs> no, this day, well, it might not be big for you. It was big for me those days. <laughs> then they gave me early morning cleaning, also two and a half hours. Seven days as well. Ah, from zero hour contract. Yeah, to full. That was a full, full day. Yeah. And then every time there's a cover, whose name is me mentioned? Moi. Do you understand? It might not sound big, but that is the progression of what? Diligence. It was that small diligence, as little as it might sound. That's how it started. So from having a zero-hour contract, you don't know how much money you get in a month. Now you have contract, hours that you can calculate how much money is coming. Do you understand? This is how Joseph's life was. And diligence is a way of life, is a character. That once you develop it, you begin to attach it or, or contribute it to everything that you are doing. That you say, I'm going to be diligent, do excellent work, put the best of everything that I will do. That's how Joseph's life was. Now, let's see how Joseph's life progressed until he became a prime minister. Remember Joseph, he was Jacob's son and then he got sold into slavery by his brothers because his brothers were envying him. And in fact, the reason why they started envying him apart from his dreams is that when he goes out with them, he comes back with a, their evil report. He comes to tell his father because he saw that they were not diligent in their ways. Do you understand? Look at Joseph's life in Genesis chapter 39. We'll read quickly from verse 1 to 6. From verse 1, I said, Now Joseph had been taken down to Egypt, follow this carefully, and Potiphar, an officer of Pharaoh, captain of the guard, an Egyptian, bought him from the Ishmaelites who had taken him 
down there. And the Lord was with Joseph and he was a successful man. This is a servant. He's a servant in somebody's house. And the Bible is saying that Joseph is what? A successful man. When the first time I read this, I said, God, this don't have to explain better. If you want this guy to be a successful, liberate him. But the Bible said he was a successful man or he was prosperous. And he was in the house of his master, the Egyptian. Watch this. And his master saw that the Lord was with him. And that the Lord made all he did to prosper in his hand. So Joseph found favor in his sight and served him. Do you see that? Favor put him at a place of service. And what was he supposed to do? He was supposed to work. And he said, then they made him overseer of his house and all that he, he had was put under his authority. Do you see promotion there? Yeah. Next one. And so it was from the time that he had made him overseer of his house and all that he had, that the Lord blessed the Egyptian's house for Joseph's sake. And the blessing of the Lord was on all that he had in the house and in the field. You see, when you go to a place as a Christian, because of God's favor and God's spirit in you, there must be a blessing there. If the place was not blessed because you carry blessing, Bible said God has blessed us with what? All spiritual blessing. And because you are going to pay attention to the work and because you are going to be diligent, they, they will definitely see productivity and increase in their company. If you went to work somewhere, three months, 90 days where you have been there, there must be something recognizable about you. There must be something showing that you are here. If not, how then are you an ambassador of Christ? If you cannot produce change and difference in an environment. Do you understand that? So that is what God expects of us. That when we go to a place, he said, let your life so shine that all men shall see and glorify your father who is in heaven. So men should see your work and give praise to God because you are a servant of God. Do you understand that? He said, and all that was in his house, everything, he left all that he had in Joseph's hand. And he did not know what he had except for the bread he, which he ate. Now, you see, so there are some people, you can't even trust them with your work. You have to micromanage them. You have to be checking in on them to make sure they are doing the work. They cannot of their own lead themselves. They don't have self-leadership abilities. They cannot lead themselves and say, this is my work. I must pay attention to my work and do it. A Christian, you cannot live this glorious life living like that. Am I speaking to somebody? That you ought to be diligent. The, 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 the man Joseph was so much diligent that his boss didn't know what, what was going on. But everything was running okay. These days you can't trust some people with work. I was watching a video on social media. There's a guy who was lamenting, crying. Then these days people are killing our business. People are killing our business. Because there are some people, so many people, they are correct. They have evil mindset. They have a wrong attitude towards work. This is why some nations, we can't pro see progress and success there. Because people's mindset have not been renewed after the order of Christ. They then know that as Christians, they have a duty of call as ambassadors of Christ to shine the light of God where they work. And this starts from diligence. If you are a Christian, it must show where you work. It must show where you work. 
they must, they, they must say something about you that there's something different about this sister, this brother, there's something different about him. And it should be the light of God, the spirit of God that is awakening you, that is producing quality and diligent work by your hands. Hallelujah. This is our life. This is the life that we have been called to live. And look at Joseph. So yeah, Potiphar left everything in Joseph's hands. Let's look at how his life progresses when he goes on to prison. So now, you know Joseph's story, if you do know. <laughs> the guy was doing so much good work, maybe the wife thought he could even do better work on me. <laughs> do you understand? He was taking very good care of everything in the house. I think the wife also wanted to bring herself into his care. But that was not God's plan for Joseph. And so Joseph is lied on by Potiphar's wife. He's being sent to the prison. And look at what happens in the prison from verse 20. Joseph, the man that God is with, has been sent to prison. So then Joseph's master took him and put him into the prison, a place where the king's prisoners were confined. And he was there in the prison. Look at this. But the Lord was with Joseph and showed him mercy. Let me just detour and say something here. He said, but the Lord was with Joseph and showed him. Listen, it doesn't matter what you find yourself in. Know that God is with you. The Bible says that God has given us his word that I'll never leave you nor forsake you. So David said it rightly. He said, yeah, do I walk through the valley of the shadow of death? I'll fear no evil for thou art with me. Do you understand? You must have that God inside consciousness every day of your life that whatever is happening in your life, wherever you are, God is always and will always be with you. He said the Lord was with Joseph and he showed him mercy and he gave him favor in the sight of the keeper of the prison. And the keeper of the prison committed to Joseph and all the prisoners who were in the prison and whatever they did there, it was his doing. So in other words, they, they, he has been elevated from an ordinary prisoner to be head prison boy. And then he has been given responsibility that everything that's happening in this prison, it is in, it's in your hands. And if anything goes wrong, you are the one to be blamed. I hope you know that everything rises and falls on leadership. All right, next one. And the keeper of the prison did not look into anything that was under Joseph's authority. Because the Lord was with him. And whatever he did, the Lord made it prosper. I told you, God's grace is upon your life. You must have that thing in your head, locked in your heart that God's grace is upon me. Say after me, God's grace is upon me. God's grace is upon me. Because of that grace, whatever I do flourishes and prospers. Whatever I do flourishes and prospers. But I must put in the work. Paul said, I labored more abundantly than them all. You put the grace of God upon your life to work. And it produces what? Results. So for us to be established, we must be diligent. Amen. You must be diligent. The last one. You must always look for better ways of doing your work effectively. Hallelujah. Better ways of doing your work effectively. Things don't work like they used to work. 
There are some things that don't work anymore. There are some theories, some, some processes that used to work some years back, they don't work again. New things have come. There's new technology in town. Things have changed. There are some jobs that we don't need anymore. Are you with me? So you must constantly be looking for new ways of doing your work. To be making it effective and efficient and valuable. You must always be finding ways of putting value on yourself in the marketplace. Are you with me? If, see, the day you graduated from school, you have not read any book, you're in trouble. The world has changed since your last semester paper. Are you with me? And so you must keep updating yourself. You must what? Keep updating yourself. If not, you'll be passed by the changing times. Times are changing. Times are changing. There are things that are not required anymore. They, don't, they just don't work. But if you are not constantly refining your skills, you're not constantly re renewing your mind, you're not constantly unlearning things, relearning things, you'll be left out. And you cannot be excellent and be on top of your game if you're not constantly updating yourself. There's something I saw, I always say that you must be someone who can self-disrupt themselves. Some years ago, Nokia was the best phone in the world. But times were changing and they were not changing. The day that Nokia was collapsing, the CEO cried. Blackberry used to be very top-notch. Pink. BBN. So if you didn't have a Blackberry pen, you were like, you are nobody then. Yeah. And those were the days where iPhone was coming up. But they were stuck to the Kiweti keypad. Blackberry, Pearl, Kev, Bow 2. And then they, because they could not change with the changing times, they were left out. Are you with me? Some things will not work in the next five years. Are you with me? Some jobs will not be relevant in the next five years. You must change with the changing times. You must keep refining your skills, updating yourself, keep reviewing your work, keep reviewing yourself and see how can I become better than I was yesterday? Are you with me? How can I become better than I was yesterday. So if we are going to be able to excel and be established in our chosen fields, we must have that mindset of sustainability, that mindset of change. How are you able to adapt to change? How do you change yourself quickly and flow with the tides and move in the direction where the world is going? Is somebody following me? God wants us to be established in what we are doing. But we must want it, or we must want to do it. Praise God. The last one, above all, know that the works of your hands are blessed. What did I say? Know that the works of your hands are. I told you earlier on that God has blessed us with all spiritual blessings in the heavenly places. 
and the grace of God is mighty upon our lives, that he will cause everything that we put our hands to to flourish and to prosper. There's nothing like a curse that will be too big for the blessing that God has placed upon our lives. And so because he has blessed the works of our hands, we must endeavor to have that in mind. Deuteronomy chapter 28 verse 12 and I close. 28 verse 12. And the Lord will open to you his good treasure. The heaven is to give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hand. You shall lend to many nations, but shall not borrow. I pray this verse of scripture over your life in the name of Jesus. That the Lord will open to you his good treasure. That the Lord will open to you his good treasure. To give the rain to your land in its season. To give the rain to your land in its season. And to bless all the work of your hands. That you shall lend to many nations. And you shall not borrow. You shall be called the blessed one of God. Everything that your hands touches shall flourish and prosper. You shall do well in your chosen field. You shall do well in your chosen field. You shall be outstanding in your chosen field. You shall be outstanding in your chosen field. You shall be called among the best. You shall be called among the best. You shall be sought for. And you shall be preferred. In the name of Jesus. Now in the next few minutes, I want you to lift up your voice and pray. Committing the work of your hands into the hands of God. Oh, whatever you do, it's a blessing. You shall continually be blessed in it. You shall continually be blessed in it. You shall continually be blessed in it. The works of your hands are blessed. You flourish in your career and in your business. In those of us in the field of studies, you shall flourish in your studies in the name of Jesus. Your career, your business, you grow from strength to strength in the name of Jesus. Promotions come to you, for you have the mind and the attention to work. You are paying attention to work and you are becoming diligent in it. That you are willing and able to change with the tides, to change with the tides, to learn, to relearn, and to unlearn the things that do not work. And above all, that you are conscious of the blessings of God. Above all, that you are conscious of the blessings of God. The works of your hands are blessed in the name of Jesus. Come and be upstanding as we thank God. Thank you, Lord Jesus. The works of your hands are blessed in the name of Jesus. You advance in your course in the name of Jesus. You advance in your course in the name of Jesus. You advance in your course in the name of Jesus. Oh yes, you increase on every side. You increase on everything that you do. In the mighty name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Have you been blessed? Praise God.